0: giant robots smashing into other giant robots.
1: This is the Giant Robots Smashing Another Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Chad Pytel, and with me today is Lindsay Christensen, Vice President of Marketing at this company, ThoughtBot. Oh, I know that company.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a great company.
1: <laughs> so, Lindsay, welcome to the show.
0: Hi. Thanks. It's good to be on the show. <laughs> I've never listened before. Oh. <laughs> Oh, great.
1: Our VP of Marketing hasn't ever listened to my podcast. Uh, Wonderful.
0: It actually, I listened to a bunch of the episodes when I first started talking to you. Really? And I think it had a big impact on my decision to join. It was kind of cool to get that insight into, well, especially you're very transparent Mm -hmm. in the podcast. So I was like, all right, this guy's interesting. And you were talking about some of the challenges you were having, including mm-hmm. marketing right. at the time. I was like, okay, this sounds cool.
1: Well, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> yeah. and it didn't work out the other way where I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't wanna work with them.
0: Yeah, hard pass.
1: Right. So you joined in January.
0: Uh, It was like right before Christmas. Oh, okay, So technically yeah. Yeah. December.
1: And um, it's been great.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whew. Big sigh of relief from Lindsay. No, it's been really good working with you, and you've been doing a great job. And
0: this is my quarterly review.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, the podcast was one thing that made you think you wanted to join. Mm-hmm. What were some other things? Um, or what were you looking for at the time?
0: So, I was looking to work at another startup. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So yeah, it was like a very interesting journey because I'd worked after college, I'd worked at a few smaller companies. Then I worked for a while at PTC, which is a very large software company, billion dollar company, and then returned to the smaller companies and specifically like high growth startups and was really enjoying that, like being the first marketer in, figuring out Go to market and strategy and building a team and the systems and all this like foundational stuff and just like the energy of a startup. So I thought I was going to go do that again. But then a mutual contact of ours, I think I had mentioned to her that, you know, I was starting to maybe look around. And she said, Oh, well, you should talk to Chad at Thoughtbot. They work on really cool stuff. And that was the real driver was I actually really respected her opinion mm-hmm. uh, even though like on paper it wasn't really what I was looking for. So I came in and met with you and I thought we had an amazing first conversation. I was very intrigued by Thoughtbot and what you were doing and the challenges you were having from a marketing and sales perspective which were actually pretty startup mm-hmm. in, in nature. We have this fifteen year old company, but had never had like a formal marketing strategy role right and there weren't really a lot of systems in place or you know tracking marketing goals or thinking about how we use our database or anything really like that. Mm-hmm. There'd been a ton of really great sort of organic, natural marketing things that you all had done, which was another huge attraction for me, which was how incredibly engaged in the community uh, or communities everyone was, um, technical and local. The content creation was unbelievable, The like the Thoughtbot blog, the knowledge sharing you all had been doing, the podcasts. There was so many amazing marketing things already happening but no one may be necessarily at the helm of those things.
1: Mm-hmm. And we had identified that they weren't really targeted at the people who necessarily hire us. Mm. It's more things that we were doing for ourselves, which would then go out to designers and developers.
0: Yeah, you have this amazing reputation with the development community and especially Ruby. But for example, to like entrepreneurs who are a lot of... The clients that we work with who are looking to build a new product, they might not be familiar with you. And I wasn't familiar with Thoughtbot, which shocked me and excited me, which Mm -hmm. is like, there's this great company doing these amazing things and I didn't know about them. So like, how can we make some like really small, there's like so much low hanging fruit to like go in and start making an immediate impact and shine a light on what's already happening here. So it fed my sort of like those things about startup marketing that I like. And then you're also working with tons of mm-hmm. startups, both super early stage and like high growth onto, you know, innovation groups and larger companies. So in a way, I get to have my hands on even more different startup things that there. You know, there's always a new mm-hmm. prospect comes in and we're like checking out what they're doing and it's so cool and they're coming in for it you know, advice or we're doing mentorship sessions with accelerators or local investment groups. So I get to actually be a part of that world even more.
1: So you joined and you took what was, I think, a really reasonable amount of time to sort of learn and digest and create a plan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Is that what you would always do?
0: For sure. I think the first things I try to do when I join any company are make sure I'm having sort of one-on-ones with all the key stakeholders, which sort of call my internal listening tour, so making sure I understand the pains that they're having around sales and marketing, some of their desires, uh, their perception of the competition, their perception of the ideal client. And then starting to pull out the trends or the things I'm hearing over and over again is a good way to out the gate, have a better understanding of, OK, even if, at least at first, what what's something we can do to make a big impact? And then we also went through some of the client data to see, you know, what would be a good persona or profile of company to put a, a campaign around. And again, focusing on that we're great at speaking to our peers, how can we be better at speaking to our buyers?
1: Mm -hmm. And then you put together a campaign and a strategy and presented that to the whole company. I did. (laughs) Um, And I think I remember commenting to you at the time that I think you may have been the first person to ever give a company-wide presentation besides me, which isn't necessarily a good thing after 15 (laughs) years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm coming for your job. (laughs) Good. And (laughs) yeah, no, I, especially since we've got six studios Mm -hmm. spread out, it can be, you know, hard to communicate things effectively. And I know, especially me coming in for this new role, I can imagine that a lot of people were like, what is this, what the heck is this gonna be? You know, marketers and salespeople can get a bad rap, sometimes rightly so. They they can maybe mess with the flow of the company. So I wanted to make sure that it was clear how I was approaching things, some of the goals that I had, and really that my primary goal is to attract more of the work that the team loves to work on. Mm -hmm. So making sure that was clear, and then talking about how we were going to do it, and then. Oh, by the way, since it's just me in marketing, I'm going to need some help, create a little my uh, marketing squad mm-hmm. to uh, help share the goals for different studios. Yeah.
1: So I definitely want to talk more about what we've done at ThoughtBot and what you've done, but I think we should take a little bit of a diversion first and just talk about marketing in general. Okay. Like. So you just said marketing sometimes gets a bad rap. Like, but like, let's take a step way back for just one second. Like, what is marketing? Like, how how do you describe marketing or how do you think about marketing?
0: So marketing is kind of how you go out in the market Mm -hmm. and promote yourself, describe what you're offering, connect with your audience and ideally drive sales. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different components to marketing. And in a large company, like when I was at PTC, for example, I think you know we had well over 100 marketers. So marketing can become very specific, like you can own a very specific part of marketing. So there's everything from brand and positioning to demand generation, client engagement, events, Sales enablement, you know social media, there's very website specific mm-hmm. things, all sorts of different kinds of areas. but if I'm sort of thinking about how to distill it down, ultimately it's you know, how you're presenting yourself mm-hmm. uh, to a specific audience uh, and how that's going to drive the business.
1: Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned sales a few times, like yes. In your opinion, like how should sales and marketing work together or not?
0: Oh, I think marketing and sales should be inseparable. I've always been very close to the sales teams I worked with. And I think in a way that if I'm looking back, like I think that might have even propelled my career Mm -hmm. because I was so comfortable being around sales and really listening to my sales stakeholders about like what they wanted and the goals they were trying to hit and then building relationships with the sales team and really working together. Like I understand their goals clearly. They understand my goals and we're working as a unit to achieve them. So yeah, I've sort of always seen marketing and myself as a, an extension of sales.
1: So at ThoughtBot, we have the sales teams and the marketing teams, but we do a retrospective, and like almost all of the marketing team is on that. Has that been an intentional thing, like be at this, or has it just happened organically?
0: You mean do I require marketing to (laughs) attend the sales meeting? (laughs) I think when someone joins, I add them to the sales Mm -hmm. meeting, and explain what it is, and the value that they'll get out of it, and also how it will be valuable for them to like contribute mm-hmm. and detail what they're working on and the value they're getting out of it. You know, the big part of that is kind of like what I was just talking about is like if you understand the pains and successes the sales team is experiencing, it directly informs what we should be doing in marketing. Mm-hmm. So I think I've required people to go to it at first, mm-hmm. and then it's been very obvious you know, the value that they get out of it and that they've decided to continue to attend those meetings. Mm
1: -hmm. I obviously, well, maybe not so obviously, like I don't have a lot of experience outside of ThoughtBot. (laughs) (laughs) So I've never seen like another team with sales and marketing work before, like in real life. Yeah. But I couldn't really see how it would work if there was like a big separation between sales and marketing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's a problem that, companies struggle with, and I think successful companies do have sales and marketing very closely aligned. It doesn't mean we're going to all of each other's meetings, but I think you have at least one meeting where you are connecting both ways. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on with sales, this is what's going on with marketing, and likewise, I think your sales leader and your marketing leader uh, is very important for them to be aligned. And to have their goals aligned, um, you know, what they're saying to the team to be on the same page because that alignment's going to also drive, you know, the success of the campaigns and the programs. Mm-hmm.
1: So what are some of the things that you came to thought about and it was just sort of like in your playbook? Like you're like, I believe this and this is what we need to do. Was there anything like that?
0: I mean, I don't know if it's my playbook, mm-hmm. but definitely... Client first, persona first, marketing. Mm -hmm. Again, that is how marketers or marketing teams or companies are successful is they deeply understand the person that they're serving. And then everything sort of comes from that. So how do we talk about ourselves to this person? What are the services we can provide to this person? What are the services we can't provide to this person? What are their personal goals, what are their professional goals, like getting really deep into who these folks are and then everything sort of coming from that. So that was definitely one of the things I was trying to figure out when I came in, is what the primary personas were and then how to put together quickly, I think, a campaign to start doing some stuff we hadn't done before. So that manifested itself in the Purpose Built campaign, Mm -hmm. which is a resource center specifically for entrepreneurs to learn about product development, hear advice from other founders. Uh, We feature a lot of the Giant Robots podcasts that have founders on it. We feature case studies of our past clients and how they've approached their problems and then started promoting that into channels where entrepreneurs could Get that information and learn more about ThoughtBot. That that was the real goal, is get more entrepreneurs to to learn about Thoughtbot and how we can help them out.
1: Was there anything that like really stood out to you in terms of we were doing this wrong or <laughs> you were surprised that we weren't doing it?
0: I think probably the some of the systems things. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, sales at ThoughtBot mm-hmm. blew my mind that you don't we don't have salespeople. Mm-hmm. So that was very unique. And it, again, going back to that, you know, wanting to be very crystal clear to the whole company about what I'm working on and why, that's definitely an element of it. Is that it's a company that doesn't even have salespeople. It's mm-hmm. the designers and the developers and the managing directors are doing all the sales so that we can be sure that we are working on projects where we and the client will be successful, where we and the client will be happy. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting. And then I think because you have that dynamic, then a lot of other things are different. Mm -hmm. So there is no traditional sales org with really aggressive goals where individuals are going off and selling whatever they want or things that maybe don't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sort of that a classic paradigm of sales kind of selling the dream uh, and then engineering having to deal with it. Mm And then that also kind of rolled over into systems and operations, which was very rudimentary. Mm. <laughs> yep. Is that offensive?
1: No, no, you can't offend me.
0: <laughs> when I started, but it's actually, it's improved so much in less than a year, which is incredibly impressive. Like I think what we you had, we started using our first CRM a few months before I started. Yeah. That's because in- amazing. up until
1: then we were sort of building our own and using Trello.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the system stuff was surprising. Like another one of the first things I requested, I remembered, was sources on leads. Mm-hmm. Not tracking leads as well as we should have. A lot of things happening outside the CRM. We weren't looking at sales in the context or specific opportunities in the context of like stages and time Mm -hmm. as much. And these are all things now that we have in place and it's a whole other world. But I also learned a lot in the process about how you can be very iterative Mm -hmm. in improving your operations without going overboard. Like really testing, okay, do we all kind of agree that this would be a good thing for us to do yes, okay, well, let's implement this one thing, or let, mm-hmm. like really MVPing like everything mm-hmm. in the, the sales process.
1: That was sort of one of the things I was gonna ask about, which is like at other companies you've been at, like that operational stuff, how does that actually get done? Like who does it? Like right now, so I mean, me or someone else is doing some programming or like using some system and integrating mm-hmm. them. Like who's actually doing that at most companies? Usually not the CEO is what I I, I.
0: I think it's usually not the CEO. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> there are roles for it. Sales operations is a role. Marketing operations is a role. Mm-hmm. And depending on your system, a lot of times you'll have to contract as well. So a couple of years ago, I wanted needed, you know, dashboards for campaigns, mm-hmm. and it was too complex for any of us to do internally so we hired a salesforce contractor mm. to build those dashboards
1: you didn't hire thoughtbot I mean, you, I'm don't, kidding. You, don't, actually, you don't you don't I one. don't know I know
0: will you <laughs> thoughtbot now doing salesforce <laughs> dashboards
1: yes. it's right in our wheelhouse yeah so one of the things that has been a part of what you've done is as we figured out the strategy you alluded to this like building a team mm-hmm And so what does that team look like now?
0: So we've got Tom who produces this podcast, right? all of our podcasts. Tom was here before me, long before me. And he's a producer so he does podcasts as well as video. Mm -hmm. And then we've got two local marketing managers. So we have Sandra in London and Sarah in our New York studio. And then we've also got a digital marketing specialist, Tori, who works here. And Tori and Tom are both, as well as myself, are centralized, so we're supporting all of the studios. Uh, Whereas Sarah and Sandra are, you know, 95% focused on the marketing for their local studios, although they do a wonderful job of also helping other managing directors, you know if they've got marketing questions as well, they're there to lend an ear, lend a hand
1: mm-hmm. one of the things that I appreciated, and I think it's very thought bot was we didn't necessarily go into this saying like, we're going to build a team, and here's what it's going to look like." yeah, it seemed like you were very open to the idea that you didn't know what the team was actually going to look like and how it was going to be structured.
0: yeah, for sure, and I got that question a lot when I started, which is like, what, are you hiring a team? Like, what's the team? And I said, I don't know yet. I'm gonna try some stuff and then start to see where my pain points are or where the execution pain points are Mm -hmm. and then learn where we need people or specialists or someone local uh, to fill in those gaps. And and that's been uh, the approach.
1: You've done a great job hiring A really good team.
0: Thanks, I think so. (laughs) I'm a fan, I'm a fan. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so did you do anything like special? What were you thinking of as you were hiring a team? Was there anything that you set out to do?
0: As far as how to find the right individual, Mm -hmm. there's a few things I like to do when I'm interviewing. One is I'm very honest about the problems I or the company is having and why I'm looking for someone in this role to help solve those problems. Maybe there's instances where other people don't have to do this, like maybe at a bigger company. But at smaller companies, I've always been in the position where a lot of the role is gonna be unknown. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the conversation too. So the you know this is a new role. Um, you and I are going to figure out what this role is going to look like. Here are some of the challenges. You know, here's what success looks like. And now we gotta figure out the the middle pieces. Like, you know, what do we gotta do to overcome the challenges to reach that success? So that's one element. If someone gets excited about that kind of nature of the job, I mean, you could even call it entrepreneurial in spirit. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like unknowns. I like coming up with a plan, trying some stuff yeah, I'd be totally into something like that. I think that's definitely consistent across the people I've hired. It's like, they get excited about that stuff. They're like, mm-hmm. I could see myself doing that. They right. like the opportunity for growth.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't seem like that's arbitrary. Like, I could also see some people being like, uh, that's not for me. Like, I've done this before, and, you know, I know that I, that's the job I want to do again. And
0: Right, they want to be plugged into right. a big marketing machine where they're, point C on the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Like I create the digital ads that the person before me told me to make and then I pass them on to the person who's gonna go put them in the channels mm-hmm. that they know are gonna work. I mean, I definitely look for a good team fit, um, both you know ThoughtBot and the marketing team. I usually ask someone about something they're passionate about outside of work or to give me an example of a time that they were creative or something creative that they like to do, just to learn more about them sort of personally and also hear how they handle that question. Mm -hmm. So uh, developers have pairing Mm -hmm. for interviews and they'll work on a problem. I try to do not necessarily pairing, but some sort of project where I'll get a sense for their work. Sometimes that might be as simple as can you put together a 30, 60, 90 based on what I've told you, mm-hmm. you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, right. you know, how would you plan your first three months or I'll give them a hypothetical scenario. So I think for when we were hiring in New York, the hypothetical scenario was how would you organize an event where our New York directors could interact with potential clients. And then I'm looking for a thought behind it. So like, Mm -hmm. what's the topic they chose? Or, you know, what's the audience they chose? I'm also looking for the questions they ask me, Mm -hmm. which is good. So like, are they asking me questions about, you know, how to make it a better Mm -hmm. event or asking for persona information and things like that? and getting like a little bit of a sense for Mm -hmm. how they work that way.
1: Is doing that sort of practical stuff within the interview process typical
0: in marketing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily typical.
1: Because I asked because you you, you alluded like it's sort of what we do for designers and developers is pairing Mm -hmm. and when we started to hire for your role, we said like, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And we said, well, let's try to find something to work on Mm -hmm. so that we can work together and see. And so we had you come in and do a positioning workshop. Yeah. Is that typical?
0: Uh, No, I think that's not really typical. Did it
1: freak you out?
0: It didn't freak me out. Okay, good. No, (laughs) But you can sometimes get into a tricky situation where it's like, should you be compensating for this work? Mm -hmm. So I know some companies will do that. Right. Especially maybe if it's for like a creative yep. kind of aspect like come up with a design for a landing page or right. you know it's some like actual yeah. work. So yeah. that it is it is tricky yeah. in that way.
1: I could also be, see that some people might be concerned that we're judging based on the outcome rather than the process. And I think I think that I tried to emphasize that we were more focused on learning what it was like to work with you than the results yeah. of what we ended up with.
0: Yeah, and I think you actually even mentioned that for the the traditional ThoughtBot roles, you have people come in for like a day yeah. to work on things side by side. Um, and so that's why you wanted me to come in to, to work side by side with the team so we could sort of feel out what that was like.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a little tricky to say, but like, those scenarios are tough because at ThoughtBot, we also have a unanimous hiring process. And we introduced a lot of like variables into that setup, including how many people were in it like mm-hmm. six oh, people or something, five maybe, plus yeah, you. Yeah, I think it
0: was six plus me.
1: It's a lot of variables. Like it can be an intimidating scenario. Then everyone who's in there needs to be a una- unanimous yes, yeah. given the way that our. Process works. So, like, there's pros and cons to that. One of the pros is that it goes a long way to building trust. Like, everyone I think at Thoughtbot understands that our interviewing process is really rigorous, mm-hmm. no matter what role it's for, and it's unanimous. And so, when you join, you sort of get the benefit of the doubt from the rest of the team yeah. in terms of, like, oh, this is the right person.
0: Yeah, actually, I admire that a lot in the process, and it's something I try to communicate to the folks who I have hired, because it can also seem a little intimidating coming in to this established company with a super tight knit team as a new person with a new role. Again, I think we're also all new marketers are a little bit like, oh, engineers don't love marketing, mm-hmm. like you know. I, I hope they like the work I'm going to do. So I try to be very clear that about that process and the fact that everyone knows that everyone joining ThoughtBot got thumbs up from literally every single person they interacted with. And we trust our fellow hiring managers to such a high degree that everyone who joins ThoughtBot, like their first day, we are ecstatic that they've joined because we know what a hard process they went through and that they got the thumbs up from our peers who we trust and admire. So we're like, You made it through. This is amazing. We like let's let's go. Let's get do this. Let's get mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. So it's a really positive atmosphere. You don't have people joining and everyone's sort of doubtful or cagey or mm-hmm. like what was what is this person gonna do? It's like, oh great, we've got a new person who's gonna add value to the company.
1: With marketing and you know, you've said a few times it can get a bad rap particularly from engineers. Like, have you felt that at all? It's okay if the answer is yes. Like, have you felt that at all at ThoughtBot?
0: No, not really.
1: Oh, that means yes a little bit.
0: Well, I I hesitate because I'm like in my head, I'm like, is it in my head or does it really happen? Mm -hmm. What I think is everyone at ThoughtBot appreciates if you approach something in a logical way and you have a problem you're trying to solve and you explain how and why you're gonna solve it. Mm-hmm. I think myself and the other marketers do that. And it's something we talk about too, like working on how we communicate what we're working on. And so then it's no problem. It's okay. That that makes total sense. And again, I think there is that level of trust that you folks mm-hmm. made it in the gates. So, you know, we have a level of trust that you're gonna do good work for us.
1: So what I heard in that is maybe that there are some marketing people or marketing teams where it's more like, we went in a room and who came up with this (laughs) and here it is Mm -hmm. and no explanation of the thought behind it or, you know, this is just, it's great and we're going to do it and you got to trust it. And maybe that wouldn't do so well here.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know that it does well anywhere, but it it does, it does exist. Mm. So, I mean, communication and explanations and data behind decisions goes a long way.
1: It's funny that you're talking about it so logically because my perspective is that one of the reasons why I think that marketing is fitting in so well at ThoughtBot is because it is a creative endeavor that's very tied to like the work that we do. Around design and how and and development, like figuring out what to do and being creative and that kind of stuff.
0: Well, that's definitely why I fell in love with marketing. Was it is this great combination of logic and creativity? Mm -hmm. So you know, you can have data points and reasons to do things. You can have data points that show success, and then in the middle, there's a lot of room for creativity and. Trying new things and products are cool too. Mm-hmm. Like the great thing about marketing at ThoughtBot is, you know, we're not just marketing one product. We get to talk about a lot of different cool products that we've worked on. Mm-hmm. So that's an exciting element as well.
1: And to that end, I think that um, you mentioned it earlier like we don't have traditional salespeople, we don't have a traditional sales team. And that's largely out of, well, the, the bad way to look at that is that it's out of fear. Like we're afraid what introducing those people might might do, mm-hmm. and so we work the way that we do to protect that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where you know I think marketing comes in because it is a complement to helping us reach the people rather than putting someone in between us and our customers, mm-hmm. the designers and the developers. Like you're empowering us to have the conversations directly
0: with yeah. The customers. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal.
1: And I think that I reserve the right to fail completely in <laughs> in the future or to realize that it's not working because that's how life is and that's how business is, but like I do really feel like we've hit upon the key or the missing piece that we didn't have before. Yeah. Which was you know, we kept on saying like, oh, maybe we need traditional sales, maybe like, and just feeling like we couldn't cross that bridge. But our business is growing and the team is working better and everything by having marketing now,
0: I feel. That's wonderful to hear, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I mean, we've, we've talked about this a little bit before. That is like the best thing I could hear is that the sales setup that we have and that we like which is to not really have dedicated you know career sales people mm-hmm. but to pull from within our own team that we can maintain that sort of sales team by growing marketing and mm-hmm. by having marketing help fill the top of the funnel help connect with the connectors we talk about that on the team so like building relationships with investors or incubators or different kinds of communities that speak to, you know, the CTOs or the VPEs who bring us in to help with the growth of their products. So I would say that's that's really satisfying. I think there's even more we can do there, but the fact that we've hit upon this idea that we can have marketing fill that need mm-hmm. and maintain a sales organization that we enjoy and we like, and we think it's like a good fit for our culture, especially, mm-hmm. that's been great.
1: Yeah. So how do you deal with things at ThoughtBot that we were doing that are sort of like taking time and attention and you don't know whether they're worthwhile or not? Oh, gee. <laughs> like this podcast. Or rather like how did you view things like this podcast? Like you obviously you listened to it, you said before you joined and you were like, Okay, this help this is helping. Yeah. <laughs> so did you just take it as a given that like this is a net positive?
0: So I think one of the things I was conscious of when I was joining was they're doing a lot of things right. Don't f- mm-hmm. up. so especially with things like the podcasts and the blog which had been going on for so long and have such a level of popularity and maturity i was very conscious of taking my time to understand those things and understand what my involvement or role should be so in some cases things that we were doing before i will act as like an internal consultant i think Mm -hmm. so for things like the blog or social media or community kinds of things i hope everyone knows you know that i'm always available to like bounce ideas off or you know sometimes the question is like is this a good idea or a bad idea like is this a good marketing thing uh and then we can like talk through that but in a lot of instances The folks who were running those things continue to run those things, like especially our community stuff. We were involved in so many meetups and folks are submitting to lots of conferences to speak, which is fantastic. And again, for some of those things, it was, they are very much for the developer audience or that Mm -hmm. peer-to-peer audience. So I was like, good, this is great. Like keep doing this stuff because I think I don't want to in any way diminish that, peer marketing that's going on, because that's what's gotten Thoughtbot to where it is today, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But especially talking to you and the, the other stakeholders, an obvious area for marketing and myself to focus on that we weren't doing was marketing to our buyers, to our mm-hmm. buyer personas. So for example, I didn't really get involved in the Bike Shed podcast mm-hmm. at first. I think Chris and I have been talking right. lately since he took over. But Giant Robots, we were like, oh, we could really start amping up like the entrepreneur and startup thought leaders that we're inviting on it. So we've been doing more of that. Mm-hmm. And we've been incorporating the podcast then into the other campaigns that are going out to that audience.
1: Yeah, I think we've been getting this kind of guest. But what has been really different and good is that other people on the team or in different studios are doing it and meeting people and saying oh would you come on the podcast yeah and that really wasn't happening before it was all us me tom reaching out
0: yeah same same with the blog Mm -hmm. we've got a culture around knowledge sharing and content creation especially for the blog which is an area i could easily see uh, you know a marketer coming in and sort of taking over and being like you know, no, these are the topics we're going to write about now and like we're going to restructure it. But again, I'm, I've tried to be very mindful of don't mess it up. It works. But hey, what if we started incorporating some more posts that were to our buyer? And what if those posts did have images Uh, (laughs) and what if we shared them in the places that those people go?
1: All these crazy ideas, (laughs) Lindsay, like images on blog posts (laughs) and sharing our blog posts.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm a rebel, I'm outrageous.
1: (laughs) One of the things that I think we've done a good job with over the last almost year is not getting distracted so, one of the things I think we didn't do so well with in the past was trying to be like, "Oh, we like marketing, and we have some like marketing connections and resources, and we're spending time doing this and when a customer would ask, like, "Oh, how do we do this?" we'd be like, "Okay, we can help you with that, and we'll mm. bill you for that."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in hindsight, I think that that was a big distraction mm-hmm. but because by not focusing on us we we were taking our already limited time and attention and other resources. And spreading it across uh, yeah. our clients.
0: That's another thing I try to have the internal consultant role for. If there is a client question that I feel you know confident I have a reasonable direction or advice for them, uh, and someone like p- just posted in our marketing Slack, mm-hmm. then you know I'll, I'll ping them back something or a link or you mm-hmm. know here's a vendor kind of thing. But yeah, not getting into the the business of actually providing marketing services for clients and really focusing on how do we market ThoughtBot? How do we attract the best clients and Mm -hmm. work on amazing projects?
1: And I think by focusing on that, too, you can just fully get in that mindset. There are things that are very different for SaaS products versus our business. Mm -hmm. If you were, like, bouncing between all the different things and different positioning and all that stuff, it might be harder to really own on and give it all the tension that it needs.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: So I think we've done that pretty well. What have we done not well then? Is there anything that stands out this in year? your mind? Yeah.
0: Nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, tons of things. I mean, we're constantly trying stuff and seeing what works and what doesn't. Everything from who's pitching in on marketing stuff to... How many goals we have, and like Mm -hmm. what the difference in those goals are. So, for example, the first two quarters, I came up with like five sort of foundational marketing goals for each studio. Oh, now that I numbered it, I'm gonna have to be able to remember them all. I mean, they differed between the two quarters, but more or less, there was like a content creation goal, there was uh, an influencer outreach goal. There was an event outreach goal. I think we might have even had some biz dev goals, like starting to think about like prospecting Mm -hmm. or profile of the client that you wanna work with, uh, and then case study goals as well. So it was really ambitious and we achieved a lot, but I think one of the takeaways that I found was for the folks who are doing this, in addition to their client work, that was too much. So then like this quarter, for example, the main studio focus has been on planning one big client appreciation event. Mm -hmm. And so getting even more focused Mm -hmm. and starting to see, okay, what's reasonable for an independent studio to own versus bringing on local marketers for the studios and them sort of maintaining that breadth of, of, of various kinds of goals.
1: Yeah. Like you said, I think we've tried a lot of things that haven't worked, but we've approached it with the certain mindset of because we weren't doing these things before, we needed to try them. And if they didn't work, then it's like, okay, well, then we learn from that. Mm -hmm. So they're not really failures as long as you learn from them. And since we were doing almost nothing before, everything has been something we could learn from.
0: Yeah. That's certainly my mantra to the marketing team Mm -hmm. is as long as we learned something, it was worthwhile. If we're learning and then we're taking action based on that learning, like that's the way we're gonna operate.
1: And because we, one of the things we needed to figure out was what kind of team do we need? I think you were very goal-driven and striving to achieve a lot and seeing where it didn't work. And then asking ourselves the question, is it important that we be able to do this? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that is yes, yes, it's important that we be able to do this thing and we weren't equipped to do it, okay, maybe that's something we need to hire somebody for.
0: Yeah, so that was definitely with uh, the digital marketing role. You know, we weren't doing really any sort of digital marketing for ThoughtBot consulting services. So bringing her on to run some experiments to learn from and really, like I think about the stages of what she's been working on. You know, The first stage that we're kind of wrapping up now was, can we identify certain channels that work for awareness of this persona? Can we find channels that work for lead capture of this persona? Can we find channels that work for attracting clients? And so we kind of are wrapping up that first batch and we learned some of those things. We're like, yes, we can do that. Now we're like, okay, the quality wasn't as good as we wanted. So next we're gonna look at, okay, what kind of filters or additional elements to the campaign can we introduce to improve the quality? So working on the conversion rate while trying to maintain the traffic. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of the way I, I tend to look at things, sort of trying to bucket into, you know, what, what's the thing we're gonna learn and hopefully prove, and then when we do that, what's the next stage look like?
1: And to me, that's felt very natural, like ThoughtBot is very iterative from our client work and the products we build to the way that we work, and it's just felt really natural to work that way.
0: Yeah, you mentioned at our summit that all the department heads, including myself, are sort of the product Product manager for their department, and I think that's a perfect description. You know, we've got a long list of ideas of things we could do, um, and then it's my job to figure out which of those to prioritize at any given time, and then how do we get it done? How do we know if it was successful? What do we do next?
1: Well, it's been great working with you over the last nine months. <laughs> I'm sorry we have to end now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I.
0: <laughs> what is that pink <laughs> slip? <laughs> You learned the marketing now, and you're going to take over.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I need to do less, not more.
0: That's true. That is very true.
1: Well, Lindsay, if people want to get in touch with you or follow along, where's the best place for them to do that?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay3D, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y,
1: You can subscribe to the show and find notes for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. And we never get any email at hosts at giantrobots.fm. Just tweet at me. I'm not even sure the email address works. So what I need to do is have everyone who's listening now. Sounds like a marketing problem. (laughs) If you're listening now, do me a favor and send a question for Lindsay to hosts at giantrobots.fm, a marketing question for Lindsay or a question for me about ThoughtBot. And we'll answer it on a future episode. And if we don't get any, then we'll know there's A, either no listeners, or B, the email address is broken. So I know please... there's at
0: least four listeners. Yeah,
1: okay, yes, that's <laughs> true. And you can find me on Twitter at CPytel. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Tom Obarsky. And I want to give a special shout out to Edward Lovell today who set up our, oh, yeah. the recording for Edward. us. Fun fact, Edward is actually the one who instigated the creation of this podcast originally when he was an apprentice way back five years ago now. And he's Uh, returned. And he has returned. Triumphantly. (laughs) Yes, as a developer at ThoughtBot. And uh, we are super happy to have him back, but uh, he's one of the instigators of what you're listening to now. Well, that about does it for this episode. So thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York,
0: London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.